So coming from a divorced home definitely has its effects on your marriage. It has had an effect on our marriage. And as of late, I've been wanting to explore those effects. And it's been illuminating. (laughs) God has been faithful and good. But it's also been a little hard, I think, to sort through some of that stuff. So we kind of wanted to do that live with you guys. And uh, hopefully this will be helpful to you. That's great. Yeah. (laughs) Was that your next segue? (laughs) Okay. We'll see you on the other side. Welcome to the Fierce Marriage Podcast, where we believe that marriage takes a fierce tenacity that never gives up and refuses to give in. Here we'll share openly and honestly about all things marriage. Sex. Communication. Finances. Priorities. Purpose. And everything in between. Laugh, ponder, and join in on candid, gospel-centered conversations. This is Fierce Marriage. I'm genuinely curious um, what what uh, is precipitating this introspection of late. Well, I think we had a fight, and I think it was one that I... Never. <laughs> Never. I was just like, <laughs> why are we fighting about this again? Like, why are you wrong again? Um, Dare you. But I don't know. I just, I, I just have felt kind of this prompting to find out why you and I maybe have some of the same consistent fights and why I have the same feelings or responses to certain things that you do or that we do and why I just feel like I'm at a wall sometimes and Mm. I can't overcome it. So you're saying there's, there's forces at work, whether they're, you know, from your past, from, you you know, how that's affected your heart and your mind and your kind of views of me as your husband but also our family right that had the that had to do with you coming from a divorced home right and so you wanted to kind of look in in deeper into those yeah. okay uh and we will today uh, and i'm looking forward to this because i know you spent a lot of time kind of uh marinating on it uh and learning and, and studying and praying over it so uh before we get into that hey we've we've been going through it uh, listeners, so uh, this podcast, just to give you a quick overview, we've had a lot of sickness. Uh, we, we've been recording for our uh, online marriage course ecosystem called Gospel Centered Marriage, and actually, I'm I'm kind of banking on the fact by the time this comes out, it will be available for pre sign up. Yeah, that's kind of a big deal in terms of the amount of work that's gone into it. He says that nervously. Oh, yeah, because it's not as I'm recording this, it's not ready. Yeah, <laughs> but it will be ready by the time you listen. We've had just like video guys getting sick and he had everybody, the coronavirus, all the people. And, yeah, no, it's okay. And he, so he, he, Selena's, you're, you're, over you're wincing because you're worried people are going to think that we weren't responsible in it. We were. We we didn't, uh, yeah, we didn't expose ourselves unnecessarily. Yeah. But yeah, that basically pushed us out a week and a half, and we're already under a tight deadline. Right. So uh, and additional um, difficulties. So if you want to, um, all I have to say is. We feel like the spiritual attacks are real in this time. I was just going to add, what are we recording on right now? Oh, <laughs> because our soundboard decided to break oh, too. Oh, word! After Tonight, three and a half years. Three of doing and a half this. years, it and went kaput. Of so all time, we lined up some childcare at night, and then the board broke. So we're like, let's see if our phones work really well. So if you have a little extra noise, you know what? That's all right. You, know, you probably couldn't even tell. Probably couldn't even tell. Uh, anyway, <laughs> to, to bring that full circle, uh, we would love to have you as part of Gospel Centered Marriage. Just go to gospelcenteredmarriage.com to sign up for the first run-through. Uh, it's going to be a blast. It's actually not just a course. It includes a six-week core marriage course. 
And then as the year goes on, we're going to add more. And, and so we're when you sign up, you're actually getting a full, a full access uh, to everything that we put in there. And that includes – actually, we have 20 – we have more than 20 mini courses slated for 2021. Nice. So our goal is to m- turn it into a channel that you can use to enrich your marriage at least on a monthly basis. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times you're, if you're a sports fan – or you're just a fan of movies, you're going to have a specific channel for those things. Like for a long time, we had Netflix because we were just fans of The Office. That was our Office channel. Mm-hmm. We, we watched a few other things. But uh, the point being, nobody has a channel to actually build their marriage. Let's be fans of our marriage, people. Come on, you got to <laughs> invest. And so and the investment is actually pretty uh, pretty nominal, I think, in terms of if you think if you compare it to anything else or any yeah. other channel or any other, like especially marriage counseling or divorce, God forbid, which is what we're talking about today. So Again, go to gospelcenteredmarriage.com and you'll have a way of signing up there. I'm not sure what it's going to look like yet, but uh, join us. It's going to yeah. be fun. Also, if you have not rated or reviewed this podcast, we would encourage you to do so. Those get the word out about how mm. great God is <laughs> and how great we're not. Yeah. But also, uh, God is doing some good stuff in marriages. We get lots of feedback and we love mm. it. We love to read about it. Um, so make sure you rate us. Leave a small review and share with friends because I always feel like it's sharing podcasts is just the best. Yeah. Something you're behind and excited about. Mm. Um, also, if you want to partner with us, I'm going to let you do this. I'll just go to patreon.com slash fierce marriage. Just pray about it. Uh, patreon.com slash fierce marriage. <laughs> Help I, us buy a new board, people, a new <laughs> soundboard. <laughs> Actually, we're going a different route. We're in a USB interface now. So we're going to change that up anyway. Mm. So moving into our conversation today, um, I was up late one night after I think you and I had resolved everything, but it's still kind of I was just rolling feelings and things mm-hmm. around in my head and just questions. And I started looking up, are there any resources written by people about like the voices of kids from that are now adults whose parents got divorced when they were kids. So like, Mm, and so I I honestly didn't find that much. I'm sure there is more out there, but uh, what I did find was a book called Primal Loss, Voices of Adult Children Affected by Divorce. Um, It's by an author named, it's edited, excuse me, by uh, Layla Miller. Or Leila. Leila. I don't know how it looks like Layla. There was a, there was a friend of mine in elementary school. Her name was Leila. Okay. Maybe it is Leila. It's L-E-I-L-A. Miller. Miller. Um, And it is basically a compilation of a bunch of testimonies from adults uh, that whose parents got a divorce and ones that they would consider, quote unquote, good divorces. Right. And so it's part of their testimony. She basically breaks it up. uh, Each chapter is into themes and the person is is anonymous, but they're credited with like a number. So then if you want to know kind of more about the person that's writing, you can go to the back and it says, oh, this person's you know, 50 years old, she's a wife of, of a husband for 20 years and has three kids or something like that. So you can kind of get a, a small bit of background, um, which to me helps me kind of relate to the person. Um, but she breaks up the table of contents into it's, it's a uh, first off to put this out here. She's she's Catholic. Um, she writes about other uh, Catholic. She writes for other Catholic like sources and everything. And so um, just to put that out there, there's there are going to be some differences right. uh, between obviously between Protestant and the Catholic uh, right. traditions. But uh, we won't get into those right now. But sorting so, yeah. through some of it, you know, she just takes the themes of, you know, like the effect of divorce and she's answering this question of like, or this statement that many, I remember my parents, my dad saying, let me correct that, that, oh, it's fine. The kids will be fine. Like they're resilient. You know, that kind of comment that was thrown out there. And so 
she has a whole chapter that says, "Are children resilient?" Um, so pause. I want to yeah. I want to ask you that question then, because so you okay? So you're. Well, we're gonna get into my story in a minute. I was okay. just wanting to kind of sh- give this book as a resource. Yeah. Okay. To kind of share it, just what's in okay. it: feelings versus as a child versus an adult. Your view of marriage, the role of faith in healing. So she she has all these stories. So this book is a compilation. Yeah. It's a compilation of other people's stories. Yes. And she's put them into kind of buckets of categories. Right. Their testimonies. Themes. Yes. And so it's really useful. And the whole angle for today's talk is if you came from a divorced home, which mm-hmm. is actually pretty likely. Oh, yeah. That somebody in your one of either you or your spouse has some element of divorce in their life. Uh, that's pretty likely, and you may or may not be aware of the effects that are still um, that are at play. And so, this—that's what Selena's journey was finding. Like, what are these things? That, what are these underlying effects that are that right. are that are affecting us? Right. And this is the resource we found. So, just to kind of make sure that that's yeah, that's clear. No, that's good. And just to be clear, this is this this episode is not on like whether or not you can get divorced or not. We're not talking about that right now. We're talking about. Like you said, if you come from a divorced home or your spouse comes from a divorced home, which is pretty likely, um, <clears throat> how has it or how does it affect your marriage? Are you have you guys even talked about that? Or I know we got married so young that and we were just such good friends and we just loved each other and we were just like, yeah, marriage is gonna be great, like awesome. I mean, divorce was never on the table; it still has never been on the table. Um, and by God's grace, like that is God is just worked out mm. uh my experience i think and redeemed it through my marriage to ryan today but mm-hmm. um just to kind of i guess take a few go back a few years to a little like six or seven year old selena um my my parents like most you know they'd been fighting and i didn't want to i don't want to throw anybody under the bus um there's infidelity my dad left uh his words you know were my the kids will be fine they'll be okay. And my mom was not in agreement with that. And she did everything she could to, you know, kind of keep, keep us together. Um, but yeah, I mean, people, his belief was, she talks about it in this, it's called the divorce ideology is kind of like kids are resilient parents. If they don't get along, it's better for them to get divorced so that they can be, the parents can be happy and therefore the kids can be happy. Right. And it's, everybody will be happier in the long run. Well, uh, I, they're finding out that's not the truth and that kids from divorce homes come with a lot of questions. They come with a lot of uh, feelings to sort through and their voice really has kind of been ignored um, and not put out there. And this is not a soapbox moment. This is really just kind of a, huh, I'm reading all of this and thinking, wow, I this is exactly some of the things I couldn't put words to but I'm now able to identify with in terms of, you know, how do I view, you know, how do I view my husband and love and things like trust and respect, you know, as a wife? And so um, my parents got divorced about six or seven when I was about the age of six or seven. I think my brother was three or four. Um, I was pretty ashamed of it in my I remember going to school and not wanting my friends to know that my parents were divorced because I remember I was only one I felt like I was the only one in the class. There may have been like one or two others, but I know that I was very much an anomaly. At least I felt that way. Um, but as, you know, years go on, I mean, the the trend of divorce definitely set into our our 
school friends and our circle of friends and so I became kind of the norm you know and it was just it just felt I don't know I felt normalized in some ways and so I was like okay this is not as big of a deal um but I think the habits that I built up uh that they kind of talk about and the things that I I'm um I don't know what the word is but basically survival skills I think uh like I would build walls. I would be able to, you know, be friends with lots of people and be happy and, you know, try to connect. But I think there was always an underlying insecurity of not knowing where the friendship would go, um, how I was going to be hurt in it. And so I would just try to avoid those things. Right. I would just try to keep the friendship in a safe place. Hmm. Um, so as the years went on, you know, I met Ryan in what ninth grade we fell in love, you know, we went to college. <laughs> I felt like life was life was pretty great. And it still is. God is Tractor good. Tractor beam. Tractor sucked you right in. Sucked you right in. Mm-hmm. And I do remember when I was about, I was either 16 or 17, um, I believe church was having a, the, this preaching session or this, what do you call it? Um, like sermon? a sermon series, sorry, sermon series. <laughs> I'm blanking out on the words, okay. a sermon series, I believe on forgiveness in our youth group. And so I was like, Oh Lord, I think you're asking me to do some hard things right now. And he did. And I, I said, okay, God. And I, I talked to my dad. I said, let's go out to dinner. You know, by this time our relationship had been, you know, pretty off and on. I mean, I see him and we'd have dinner and I'd go to family functions. Um, and when I was a kid, we'd go every other weekend with him. Um, and I just remember it just being so odd and it just felt so unnatural and um it was just very weird and Mm. my mom was always so graceful about him and and he just was so i want to ask you a question now i know you're telling your story okay how did that make you feel right when you uh so you've got two sides to your family now you've got your mom's side your dad's side and a lot of times when you were hanging out with your dad you were also hanging out with uh your dad's girlfriend right how did that make you feel and how does that still affect you today? I know we're going to get into more of how it affects us yeah, today. Yeah, no, I think as a kid I felt like I was being dishonest to my mom or like I couldn't share with my mom what was happening because I mm. didn't know if that – I felt like that would hurt her a lot and then I didn't know if I could, if that was allowed. Like as a kid you just don't know. You're just like this mm. is – this feels wrong and it's it's not right and I'm, I don't know what to do about it as a little seven-year-old. So already you know? at that age you're starting to – without even really recognizing what it is, but your, your whole, uh, foundation has this massive, uh, there's a chasm in it. Yeah. This massive, uh, yeah. Schism that it's now two parts and you don't even know you're having to be, uh, to protect, you're having to be a protector for your dad, for your mom. You're having to be kind of masking the truth in these ways. You're the in-between, right? And it's like, but you don't, but you don't consciously know that, Oh, I'm having to withhold something that's true or not. And even just put your, your feelings totally to the side. Yeah. You don't even get to process through. This doesn't feel right. right. This feels like I'm having. And instead, you're just, it's right. all just pushed And I down. think, I think you said it. I don't, I'm not a stuffer, I don't think, of feelings, but I definitely would just shove things to the side. And it's just like, it's fine. I don't need to deal with that right now. So I. You compartmentalize it. I do. I do. Yeah. Um, and now I, I deal with it. <laughs> 
You're welcome. <laughs> no, 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 you're great. God you're is fine. good. But I remember um, that dinner that I had with my dad, and I forgave him, and I said all the things that I forgave him for that I felt like the Lord wanted me to forgive him of. And, you know, the relationship, I mean, he was he was pretty teary-eyed, and I think he definitely felt the weight of that grace or forgiveness or whatever. But, um, I mean, you know, as of the, to this day, I mean, we're friends, but we don't really see that each other that much. And I don't really feel like I know him a whole lot because we just I mean, have not spent much time together. Like maybe two or three times a year, maybe, maybe four times a year. Yeah. 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 I'd say, yeah. Okay. I don't want to, again, I don't want to. Yeah. That's okay. It's, so, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, so forgiveness, you know, grace washing over that. I think it was a 17 year old Selena would probably say that like, I don't, I want to make sure there was no unforgiveness in my heart. <laughs> so I need to go and check off all the boxes of forgiveness. But it, you know, I, we've forgiven, we've kind of moved on from there. And I remember that kind of being a little pivotal for me is like, okay, like I, there's, there shouldn't be anything here. Right. Um, but you know, it, it still kind of affects you. It's still, you know, we have holidays are still divided. Most of our life is still divided. Um, again, I don't have a, a, a really deep relationship with my dad. Um, you know, and Ryan and I, we've had, we've been forced kind of at a, at really early ages with our kids to talk about divorce because they don't know, they don't understand why Grammy and grandpa aren't together or like, and then trying to answer why and what, and like give a, de- a definition of divorce and, and, you know, we're teaching them about God and love and all these things. And they're like, but what about like, how do you explain divorce to a seven-year-old? Right? Like they couldn't explain it to me. How can I explain it to them? And God is, he's just so faithful and good, right? To, to show us that right now we can draw those lines back to sin for our kids. And I think, I know the world would argue that, but really it's, it's sin and brokenness. And this is not, this is not a, a shame on you for getting divorced if you are listening because I do have friends that are divorced and remarried and God has been so beautiful in redeeming um, hmm. marriages in that way. And so the caveat here really is just my testimony of like God is good. I, I, I should not be who I am today, nor should I be married to the same man and have three kids with him. By all accounts, I should I should be three kids, three different dads living off of, you know, living with my mom or something. And I, God has just been so good. I shouldn't be doing marriage ministry. Like, (laughs) I mean, but also at the same time, I'd argue, yes, we should. Like God is his, I think his testimony and his glory has been more shown through me and more, not more, but like, I have to Mm. give all the glory to God. He is sovereign in every situation and he is Mm. used, he used, you know, the divorce and he still uses it in many ways for his glory, for my sanctification, for my calling back to going back to him. He calls yeah. me back through my weaknesses. He requires my dependence to be on him and for my trust to be built in him first before it's in anyone else. And so again, hmm. he is sovereign. There's there's no excusing it. There's definitely hurts that I still have to work through. There's there's feelings that you know, we, we're going to talk about in a minute um, of how it's kind of affected Ryan and I. And I want to give him a, a minute to speak too, obviously. But, um, <laughs> just waiting for my turn. No. Uh, Kidding. Just knowing God's – knowing God, knowing his understanding, uh, his design and purpose for marriage because we've explored it so much through Fierce Marriage. 
truly like God's formed my desires. Like the word says, like he doesn't just give us his, his, he doesn't give, like he gives us his desires and he forms our desires to be his desires. And so like, I want a godly marriage and I want marriage to work and I want to, whatever that path is. And the path is God, it's truth, it's the gospel. And we will not never get away from saying that. So, um, I guess I should probably let Ryan talk a little bit. <laughs> no, I'm, I enjoy hearing you kind of hash it out because we, we rarely get time to yeah. sit and talk about this stuff. I mean, um, we, we did a counseling series a while back and we, we, were, we were able to start kind of poking at some of these big elephants in the room. Uh, but it, we didn't, we didn't, anyway, I, I enjoy hearing you talk about it. Um, just because it helps me kind of understand you even just a little bit more every time we hash through it. Uh, and I'm, and just to echo what you said, I'm, I'm in awe of God's grace mm-hmm. over our marriage, mm-hmm. um, over your, like just you as my wife, uh, and the mother of our children and how, yeah, you know, we still live in a fallen world and, and sin has effects, right. But I, it doesn't seem like it's it's dashed our family upon the rocks. I'm very thankful for that. I'm thankful for you and your faith-filled um, journey, and that you 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 weren't a victim because uh, you uh, you I mean didn't allow yourself to remain a victim. I should mm. say. Mm-hmm. I'm thankful for that. Uh, yeah, and so that's your story. Um, and I, we have actually shared that in the past. If you look uh, look. Uh, family of origin, Selena's story. Yeah. Just search for that. It's a little I, more tearful. Just, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, these emotions can have more raw um, expressions mm-hmm. sometimes uh, rather than others. Uh, so that was your story, and then we're going to talk real quick about how it kind of affects me or affects us. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, we were going to talk through really some of the uh, divor- bigger kind of un- the bigger underlying divorce kind of worldview questions. Uh, and what is causing um, this? This right? Right, right. Um, so anyway, I, I'm going to spend a lot of time on on you know my reflection. I think the biggest way it's affected it's affected us, and it's a recurring thing um, having to go back and forth is just uh, intimacy. And I don't mean physical intimacy, but just that closeness of feeling you really feeling and allowing me to be on your side to be uh, fighting for you. Because a lot of times when there's stress immediately um i mean we we both do this uh but i don't want to throw you under the bus i think your default posture is sometimes to have your hands up you know kind of on guard for sure i just wrote that i we talked about we didn't even talk about this and these are things i wrote about what i should say like (laughs) i think he still feels like my default is to put up walls and to push him away rather than to come close and it's that's just been a survival tactic it's been a survival mechanism or whatever it's hard to change well because it's kept me safe and okay, it becomes right? For Selena so many years, against the world, yes, and not Selena and Ryan against the world or against right. this issue. Now, granted, God is gracious; we've been able to identify that. It's you know we're seventeen years in um, to marriage, yeah. of this into the marriage, and we're twenty-one years into our relationship. Yeah, uh, so it's not like it's been a fast thing. But I'm just very hopeful for other couples that have are maybe experiencing that. I mean, whether you're in your first five years or you're in, you know decade plus in or even further. Just know that these things don't have to remain um, issues. You can you can work through them. You can you can learn, right. gain emotional um, empathy. So I've, that's another piece. So the walls has really forced me to, um, I think, learn new levels of empathy. Mm. And uh, well, because you didn't listening, not to 
be like, you don't know, but you came from a two-parent home. Your parents are still, like, in love and married for, what is it, 20-something, 30 years? Yeah, actually, no, they're going on... uh, 40? They got married in 60... Wow. No, they graduated, I think they got married in 71. Wow. So they're going on 50 years. Oh, jeez, wow. 50 yeah, at 72. So yeah, next year I think is their 50th anniversary. That's that's insane. That's crazy. So sort of what this book kind of uncovers as well is just that how kids from a two-parent home, they they can't their perspective is just so different from kids from a one-parent home and they mm. it's really I hate to say like you'll never understand but you just can't like you because you haven't we have different experiences just like I wouldn't know what it's like to have two parents in a home like you would never know what it's like to have just one parent and to watch your parents like not like each other and break up right so so I think that there's okay so there's that big kind of underlying there's this big break you have two homes right and you don't have that same depth of security or that consistency right uh, but I think that has kind of a um, if you think about it radiating outward what are the other mm-hmm. effects that maybe aren't core to it but are ancillary and ancillary right so you right. have uh, things like uh, your mom she worked she's like one of the hardest working women I know right brilliant uh, takes such good care of us I'm blown away by your mom right uh, we love we love her but she uh, had to work and be and the she provider worked a lot so that yeah. had two effects in that she was the provider which was it was never enough because she was still in nursing school when when the divorce happened or she right. had not, not even started that yet finances were a big and so food stamps yeah. were very real um, oh the church food bank was where we got bank. food uh-huh <laughs> and so and even to this day, that still um, is part. It permeates kind of her thinking, and not not to, not to say that's a bad thing, but she's very frugal minded. Mm-hmm. Not that being frugal is a good thing. Being a good steward, that's always a good thing. Um, but that is there's I residue, think, I think, from that residue. Is, even it, with yeah, with me too, I think sometimes. And so just, you were always really afraid to ask for things for, of me. Yes, I've always felt, been afraid to ask for things because I never wanted to burden my already financially burdened. Mom or and parents, one of the things right? that you articulate, uh, you've, you've at least in the last year, I've heard you say it at least a dozen, half a dozen times, is the this this notion. You're just kind of reflecting back, saying, as a young child, you go to a friend's house and you would want maybe this is just being shy, yeah. but you would want maybe a glass of water, and you would always ask your friend to ask their parents for a glass of water. Right. For the record, I would do the same thing. I think for different <laughs> reasons because yeah. I, I was very introverted. <laughs> my dad, I, I love my dad, but he has a very strong personality. I was. I think pretty stifled because of his strength of personality and that I didn't feel very confident. Yeah. And so, and I'm saying it kindly <laughs> right now. <laughs> uh, so anyway, that, I think that's one effect of it. The other piece is, uh, um, yeah, that, that intimacy that was lacking between you and your mom, right. I think is affecting how you're mothering our children. Uh, just because she was working so much, she would, she worked her butt off. She would go to the hospital she worked night shifts so that she could see you in the morning before you went to school. Right, and sleep while I mean, we how amazing school. is that? Yeah, yeah. And how grace-filled is that, that she she had the wherewithal and mm-hmm. the desire to do that, and God helped her do that. Right. But that is a fact. Like, there was never really time to just sit and, like, bond, right? Yeah, we, we, your... we did it in different ways. And, you know, she would save up all year for vacations, and, you know, we would – we would connect in different ways. And so here I am homeschooling my kids, home with them all day, all the time, right? And so sometimes there's these, I'm God's starting to bring to my own recognition of um, 
hey, like your kids are here, they're playing and they're content, but how are you engaging with them? Because it doesn't seem like you're really engaged. Even mm. though you're present, you're not really engaging. Right. And their life can just fly by so quickly. And so I, you know, there's there's things that we do that I remember as a kid that we did with my mom, but then there's things that I'm learning to kind of pioneer my way through and understand my own rhythms of our home. And as a mom, how can I connect with each of these three different personalities? I feel torn in all which way because I want to give them each 100%, but anybody with multiples knows that it's just not possible. Um, But I am... You know, I'm, I'm so sorry. So you, you could probably say that like motherliness is something you've had to really fight for. Yeah. And I've had to watch other people be moms and wifeliness, if that's even a thing, but right. Right. Cause I, my, I barely remember my parents being together, um, mm. unfortunately because I was such a young age. So I wasn't able to really watch my mom be a wife to my dad. She was just my mom more. Right. So, so. Uh, I, I want to just sorry didn't yeah, finish that. Um, I I'm just reflecting and I'm really trying to be tactful. Again, God is gracious. I think He's been gracious. I've struggled a lot with bitterness as as uh, bitterness toward um, toward your dad. If I could just say that. Yeah, I don't think he'll listen <laughs> to our <laughs> he podcast. Probably won't. Um, but I uh, and the re- and so that is, I'm I'm trying to process this. I see you. I hold you with such high regard. You're the wife, the gift that God has given me. You're daughter of the king. And now, I have, now we have three daughters. Mm. And I uh, that almost makes it worse because I wonder how how could you, how could you just walk well, out like that? And, and that, I mean, that kind of leads us to, you know. But what, the nature, uh, stop, hold on. Okay. The, the nature of it, though, was... So, so flippant. That's the part that really frustrates me. If I can just vent a little bit is it was so flippant Mm. from what I hear you recanting and recalling. And kind of when I've heard your mom talk about it, it was just like, I'm just, I'm just over this. I'm over Mm -hmm. this version of my life. Now Mm -hmm. that, that really grieves me as your husband and as the father of our daughters, it makes, it makes it really hard for me to to have grace toward him. Right. But the, and and bear in mind, this wasn't your dad's first marriage either. Your right. mom wasn't your dad's first wife. Right. And the thing is, too, is that if, I mean, he, it's uh, it's just uncanny. Like, he definitely has regrets, I think, about um, not having more of a relationship with me and my brother. Because you're his only biological children, even right. though he's helped raise two other families. Right. Which, again, that's another point of contention, right. too, because... Sorry, I just want to make sure we... No, there's definitely we're some get to the, dysfunction around everything well, that we deal with. And yes, I think but the, this... Let's let talk, me finish that thought, though, because okay. your... And my frustration around this idea that you have immediate needs as a teenage girl, and here is another family being raised by your biological father and your mom struggling right, and, to make ends meet. right. And God, again, shows himself faithful, even in that time. I mean, I can't think... You can hear the rawness in my voice, I'm sure. (laughs) I can't thank enough the pastors and the leaders and the teachers and the people that were in my life that kept me in God's house and nowhere else. Mm. I was so involved with my youth group. I was so involved with some of my my best friends. 
uh, were ones that followed after Jesus enthusiastically. And we went to camps. We went to conferences. Mm-hmm. Like, we were with Jesus. We were the, the Jesus freaks, you know, and just loved Jesus with all our hearts. Didn't have time for boys, even though we saw some cute ones. Until you saw this guy. Until I saw this guy, yes. And I was like, I'm not going to, I don't like boys. And then you came in. You like men. That's what you said. <laughs> <You're> right. <laughs> this 15-year-old. Uh, yes. Uh, um, yes, we'll hear your Cinderella story you know, <laughs> later. Ever watched the movie so, She's All That? <laughs> That's right. He's all that. He's all that. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, so... I think this kind of leads us into, we'll come back to how, how can a couple begin sorting through some of the issues and maybe some of the issues you've heard in our voices of how it might affect us. Um, so me as a wife and a mother, I feel like a bit of a pioneer just to recap and learning some of that. Um, Ryan still, we still deal with my default kind of being wall, putting my hands up, resistance, um, learning to um, trust, I think. And submit at deeper levels uh, because it's being asked of me as a mother and as a wife. And it's good. It's within the covenant of God. It's not something that is oppressive or anything like that. Um, and then dealing with some unacknowledged feelings. I think anger has always been a hard thing for me too. It's, I'm either hot or cold. I can't seem to manage um, in between. I'm really trying and I'm learning, but I it was... I wasn't, all I saw was kind of hot or cold, unfortunately, Mm. in my home. At least that's in the impressionable times that I saw. Um, Again, and also fear of never getting things right. Failure hurts and breaks things. And so I didn't want to fail. Um, And trust. Friendships have always, (laughs) friendships have always taken me a long time to open up at deeper levels. I think I can be friends with people three to five years and I'm just like, gosh, I feel like I I wish we were better friends. Ryan's like, um... (laughs) Okay. <laughs> you hang out with this person more than ever. Yeah. yeah. So you I was want just, you, I, something about fear. Yeah. Well, failure hurts and breaks things, and so I don't want. You're to very fail. afraid of failure, and that comes out a lot in our marriage. I think it's maybe the last point that that I touch on with mm-hmm. in this regard is a lot of times you are anticipating because you're afraid that I will see, think, or say something. Yeah. That I have not yet thought or said. Uh, but you will. And so you're pre- <laughs> not really. <laughs> or you're preempting my yeah. response. And that does really short circuit the uh, sometimes healthy dialogue, healthy conversation, yeah. and, and even just healthiness in general. And Health. So we've had to be real careful in backing out of those 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 weeds, those yeah. tangles very intentionally. Because you start blaming me as I start anticipating. I'm like, here he goes. He's doing it. <laughs> it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. <laughs> and so I've had to learn as your husband to carefully back backpedal out of that yeah. um, and de-escalate it, in a, not in an in avoiding way, way, but in a productive way, right. knowing that this path is not going to lead to life. It might, It'll get us there eventually because God is gracious and right. we'll work our way through it. But there are better ways. So we've had to be very aware of um, kind of that preemptive tendency that you have to try and preempt every possible scenario. Right, right. I always joke that Selena tries to be a mind reader uh, <laughs> uh, to varying degrees of success. Um, well, but when yeah. you're trying to like, you're always anticipating kids, right? Oh, they're going to be hungry then. They're going to want this then. It's that like- part is, is, yeah, that's that's indisputable. We need you to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't stop doing that. <laughs> Uh, okay, so let's get into what the Bible says. Not about we're not talking about okay, what are the biblical reasons for divorce? We're not getting into that here right now. We're talking about um, God, what God feels toward divorce, or like what God hates divorce. The Bible's clear about that. He hates mm, it. Yeah. 
Yeah. It was not his original design. This is not to put shame on people. This is not if you're in an abusive home, you should not get divorced. Well, no, this is not what we're saying. How about this then? Because we, we don't want to put shame on people that feel divorced because we don't have that shame. That feel divorced, when we're in that are divorced, you mean? That feel or are divorced, yeah. Okay. Here's the other thing God hates sin. So right. God hates divorce, yes, but God hates sin. So divorce is, is a version of sin, it's, it's a result of sin. It mm-hmm. is sin. And so when we're, we're not just somehow singling out divorce as this uh, kind of irreconcilable, irretrievable, mm-hmm. irredeemable uh, transgression against God's law, it is a transgression. Right. Uh, and it is sin. And that's and God hates it. But I do think there are unique aspects to divorce, given God's grand design for fruitfulness, for the family, for uh, for Right. It's not outside of human flourishing. His ability to use it for right. his glory. Uh, yes, but what I'm saying is that there are aspects of divorce itself as a as a unique sin, right? All sin condemns right, us okay. to death yeah, outside yeah, yeah. of the, yeah, yeah. the the saving grace of Christ. Mm-hmm. But divorce, same with I think sexual sin. Paul talks about how sexual sin is unique in this way, uh, and so I, I would I would even consider divorce kind of in those same lines that it's it's different, it's unique. Right. The fallout is especially uh, insidious. It's especially it's especially nuclear, right? Um, I mean that intentionally. There's going to be this kind of uh, sickening, radiating effect around divorce. And that's why, you guys, we spend all of our time, right. literally all of our time, by the grace of God, speaking out against it yeah. without actually, you know, without calling it by those terms. But we're helping to build Christ-centered marriage. Why? So divorce becomes far less common right. and health becomes the norm in the church and children flourish, families flourish. Does that mean your marriage is perfect? Not in the slightest. Right. Uh, it just means that God uh, will redeem it. Um, right. If we give him, if we submit ourselves to his way, we'll see the redemption because he is faithful. Right. And I think it's good for us to, the one verse that keeps coming to mind about how, why God hates divorce is usually Malachi 2.16. For the man who does not love his wife, but divorces her, says the Lord. The God of Israel covers his garment with violence, says the Lord of hosts. So guard yourselves in your spirit and do not be faithless. Um, it says, I hate divorce, says the Lord, the God of Israel. Um, but if you go back a few verses, um, we can we can see that. Well, and if you look at the whole Bible, right? God, he doesn't he doesn't like divorce because his he esteems marriage so highly. It's it's a covenant. It's a reflection of his mm. own character and who he is. Um, so he's this um, he in this passage it says that God he's not just listening for the he doesn't listen to the please for blessing from those who have broken the covenant of marriage, right? Mm. But First Peter talks about how husbands like love live with your wives in an understanding way, show honor to the woman as a weaker vessel so that your prayers may be hindered, right? So we not be hindered, sorry. So you see mm. this, um, there's a, a direct correlation between like how a man treats his wife and the effectiveness of his prayer, which is so interesting to me. Yeah. Um, but again, God in Malachi 2, go back a few verses, he... He's the one who makes husband and wife one, right? He designed it. He gets yeah. to define it, and that's what I think is so cool about. Yeah, let's let's hover on that a minute. Um, the God designed marriage. Mm-hmm. He designed covenant. Okay, we've talked about this, but I'm going to reiterate it. Covenant is part <laughs> of God's character, right? Uh, it's part of it's His whole method for relating to His chosen people. Uh, Selena always rolls her eyes at me on this part because I like to go into all of the covenants and see the big survey of them. I do like them. the covenants. I know. But the point is, is like, is marriage is 
a covenant for a reason, and God designed it in that way for a reason because mm-hmm. it, only a covenantal framework can fulfill the purposes he has in mind. Now, when we undermine, so a divorce is just undermining the covenantal framework. Mm-hmm. It's saying that I am not actually going to call divorce, I'm not going to call marriage a covenant. Mm-hmm. I'm going to call it something else. I'm going to call it a contract or I'm going to call right. it a negotiable agreement. thing, an agreement. <laughs> sort of as long as it's mutually agreeable, right. we're good. Right. As soon as I don't like, as soon as I'm over, as soon as I'm uh, over it, right? Kind of like what I used earlier language with your dad right. is then it becomes something else. It's not a covenant. And so I don't know. I just think we oftentimes we overlook the profound nature of God's design, his architecture, his he's blueprinted it for right. us. And it's as if we are saying, all right, we're going to build marriage is a grand endeavor. OK, let's marriage is a grand endeavor. And say you're going to build a, uh, uh, the, a ta- the Taj Mahal. Right. Or you're going to build some grand architectural thing. We have a plan for that. Right. We have structural engineering for that. We have permits for right. that. And now someone is saying, great, that's a great plan. I like how it looks, but I'm just gonna I'm just gonna play it by ear. And instead, I'm gonna try to build this structure without any sort of plan, without right. any sort of architecture, without any sort of overarching authority right. or truth. And what's the inevitable result? We get shanty towns, and we get buildings that collapse and kill everyone who lives inside. Right. And so the whole point we're making here is that there's a or that I'm trying to harp on here is that the the design for marriage is not arbitrary. It is God designed. It is perfect. Even though our marriages aren't perfect, his design is. Right. And our whole goal within covenantal love, covenantal marriage, is to uh, is to submit ourselves to right. that perfect, great design. Right. And I think we we take marriage too lightly because we don't understand the depths of covenant. We also, I mean, read the Old Testament. Talk yeah. about covenant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Genesis, the first covenant between man and a woman, right? We see all these covenants, like you said, between God and his people. But marriage covenants were... You were not like divorce was not a thing. And now because it's so prevalent right in our culture, it's Mm. I think we can kind of take the sharp edges off in our own mind of, you know, God's purpose and design for it. Again, we're not this is not a shameful talk. This is just a there's sin and brokenness that causes divorce, um, which then results in in more brokenness. Um, But then I'm here saying people like me are here saying, yes. But God, like God is so faithful and sovereign to fill in the gaps for me as a kid, putting teachers there who could talk me through hard things Mm. or who could just show me the love of God or model Christ's patience and his thoughtfulness and his goodness and his kindness. Right. And so Mm. God is so faithful. And this is not to excuse marriage and say, oh, yeah, the kids will be fine and whatnot, because that's that is not God's original design, purpose and intent. He he wants fruitfulness from that. But God is so good to be able to, he creates, he allows fruitfulness to happen even yeah. from brokenness. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what we're reviewing here is that, uh, what does scripture say about d- divorce? In general, God hates divorce uh, because divorce is a sin, but it's also a special sort of uh, category of it, which I think is. Well, and it's, it's such not, a picture of him and his design and his purpose. And so. Wait, wait, wait. Mar- mar- marriages. Marriages. Sorry. Marriages. It's a and picture so of the bro- covenantal relationships. Right. And so divorce yeah. is really kind of a a mockery, right? Of, of God's created concept for this what are some covenantal the, relationship. So. I guess, I, I mean, I don't know how much more we can cover here, but I. So. What are the underlying kind of deceptive forces that that the couple can be aware of 
when it comes to divorce. I know this isn't in the rundown, so I apologize, but I'm thinking about some of these themes like, um, uh, well, I mean, individuality, okay, sure. individualism. Right. Uh, that's a fairly new phenomenon over mm-hmm. the last hundred years or so. Um, it's a lot can be said about individualism, but uh, self-actualization meaning that I am I am the arbiter of my own mm-hmm. destiny mm-hmm. of my own fate. Uh, I am paramount. It's not just about my group. This my, is the idea of individualism. Yes, okay. yeah, the idea of individualism and how how is that weighing into marriage? Well, we don't um, we don't value our community structures as well, like biblical communities, namely well, and authority. churches and the authority of it. Then we run the risk of um, making decisions based on completely individual judgment. Well, because we desire. it's an idolatry thing. We become the god. And we become the... You said it so perfectly. <laughs> it's okay. We become the the authority, mm. right? And so if nothing, if nothing, if there's no outside governing force, then we will just default to whatever we think is best, mm. um, which typically is not always right and godly, right? So... Can I read? Should I read some of this? Is that okay? Or, sure. And uh, then I think we need to quickly get into how can a couple begin to sort through some of these issues if you're okay. dealing with this, if this hit in accord with you. So uh, one last underlying thing, and this is the forward um, of this book, Primal Loss, that we mentioned. Uh, and it was written by, I want to give, the, it's written so well, I want to give her credit, no. Jennifer Roback. Mm-hmm. Oh, the forward, the yeah. The forward, yes. So she wrote the forward. The book is by Leila Miller. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the forward starts like this. Um <laughs> There's just nothing, nothing like a good forward, right? I always read. I'm a forward uh, reader. I read. Be. I read the forwards. I read the dedications, the notes, every single thing. It gives you the lay of the land. <laughs> it They're does. Like, like it really snapshot. does. So uh, I would hope you new listeners would read all the forwards to all fierce marriage books. <laughs> <laughs> treasures um, in there. Little treasures. Uh, it starts like this: the divorce ideology is one of the linchpins of the sexual revolution. I've not thought of it like that. That's mm-hmm. that's it's me now, not the forward. <laughs> But the, a linchpin of the sexual revolution, and what that means is it's, it is it is critical for the p- proponents of sexual revolutionism or the revolution to have what they want, mm-hmm. uh, and that's this change and this debasement of of sexual uh, ethics. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll, I'll pause it there, and then she goes on. Kids are resilient. Parents who don't get along do their kids no favor by staying married. This is all. These are all kind of lies underneath this. Everyone has a right to be happy, which means the right to change sex partners more or less at will. TV, sitcoms, movies, academic studies, public policies, style, quote-unquote, sections of newspapers, women's magazines, therapists, and even some clergy claim divorce is harmless to children and beneficial to adults. Unfortunately, these claims are false. Uh, switching uh, Switching partners around can create chaos in the family. Divorce does not necessarily solve the problems people thought it would solve. The probability of divorce is higher for second marriages than for first marriages. Uh, I want to go through, um, let's see, there's another piece. I, I can read the whole forward. I'm going to spare you, though. Uh, there's one piece on this next page that says, uh, uh, In reality, many divorces take place against the will of one of the parties. Okay, that's something mm-hmm. that we don't, like your mom didn't want it. fought tooth and nail. Yeah. She did not want it. She would have done anything, and mm-hmm. she did everything she could. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it, it's, it takes place against the will of one of the parties. The law takes sides with the party who wants the marriage the least, mm-hmm. even if that person has committed adultery. That is how no-fault divorce not only demolished the presumption that marriage is permanent, it also smashed the presumption that marriage is sexually exclusive. I don't know, this, this is so good, I could keep reading. 
I know. I'm telling you, it's but, a good book. But there's all these like we just as a culture we've been sold a bit of, a bill of goods. Yeah. That yeah. divorce is just somehow okay. It's somehow not devastating. One of the things that she says, I can't remember if it's the person who wrote the foreword or the author of the book. They said that divorce is like the battered, bloody elephant in the room. Mm-hmm. That nobody's talking about it, but it is the most. It is bloody and it is causing all this discord in our all in our messes, society. Yeah. Uh, and no one's talking about it. No right. one's talking about how it affects the kids. It's only if you think about. Divorce conversations of any substance or merit, they're always around what are the parents thinking and feeling and how do they process through it? And, what do they and of all things, yeah, yeah, how do they handle it financially? Which to me is just so asinine <laughs> that that's the thing that we're focusing on. Mm. Uh, so anyway, maybe we'll, maybe we'll get more. Maybe in. we'll make this a two-part series. Yeah, so. But um, so if you're a couple, you're kind of hearing our dialogue. Um, if you're a couple that has, you know, divorce in their childhood – uh, maybe you're starting to like we're talking and some things are starting to resonate with you. Uh, I think just the biggest thing for me right now has been to recognize some of the issues and begin talking about them, just naming them, um, finding a resource like Primal Loss that kind of lists out a bunch of things. There were a few things that I was like, yeah, that's definitely not me. Like God is that's God's redeemed me from a lot of that, which was faith building. Right. Like God mm. has been so good. Um, but then there was other places that I was like, yep. God, that is a struggle for me. That is hard for me. And now I know why it's such a big struggle for me. So I would I would encourage encourage you, couple, to gently and fearlessly proceed together um, with Christian community. Find a couple that a guide couple or a mentor couple that we we're trying to start calling them guide couples, but a married couple um, that you can maybe have some of these hard conversations with or ask questions mm-hmm. and um, just have a safe space to discuss this with. And then ask God. I think the biggest thing for me is ask God, right, to give you opportunities to see how far he's brought you. So ask God, God, give me eyes to see how you you have redeemed this brokenness that I've mm. had to walk through and grow through um, and still deal with today and will continue to deal with my whole life. Um, but also areas where where am I still struggling? God, you know my heart. Show me. Like shine the light in the dark places. I'm not going to be afraid. You haven't given me a spirit of fear, but you've helped you know how to sanctify me. You know the 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 pain and you know the mm-hmm. fear and the pride or the whatever my mechanisms are. God, help me. Like, purify my heart, oh God. Know me. So um, so what What are the challenge questions for couples? I, yeah. I for, feel like you've, had, you've put a lot of questions out there. No, sorry. So but, I think if you're from a divorce home, start talking about it. Um, when did it happen? How did you feel? How do you think that it's affecting you today? And then honestly, like, I think you need to ask your spouse how they think it has affected you and your marriage. So it's like mm. me asking you, Ryan, how has my parents' divorce affected you and mm. affected us? Like, how do you see that playing out? Yeah. Because I think that that's healthy yeah. for us because I can only see so much, right? And so um, it's yeah. a it's a big topic, but I think just begin asking questions and mm. asking each other and sitting there and you know, assuring yeah. each other of like, I'm not going anywhere. This yeah. is where let's have these conversations. And just to reiterate, you had mentioned including a guide couple in that conversation. Um, I think as soon as soon as you can, I think yeah. that would be really beneficial. Uh, just so like, even if you just say, hey, could you pray right. for us? We're going to be talking about kind of my history coming right. from a divorced home. Uh, so just so you know, I'll let you know how that goes. Right. Um, and that, you know, you, you just have to discern what is necessary, but, but don't walk through it alone, mm-hmm. I think is the theme. Yeah. Um, so with that said, I do want to make another mention of gospel-centered marriage. And the reason is one of the biggest pieces that we are fighting for within that is to get people, you, couples, mm-hmm. uh, ourselves, other couples, 
uh, to walk through marriage, the hard things of marriage, and even just life alongside mm-hmm. intentional as that word. Uh, uh, what if it's not intentional? What is it? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Random <laughs> guide. Yeah, to walk alongside actual couples, mm-hmm. and what a guide couple is is just think of any couple in your life that is accessible to you, that you look up to, that follows Jesus, mm-hmm. and ask them gently, tactfully. Uh, would you mind just being a resource for us? It doesn't mm-hmm. mean you have to meet us weekly or anything. Just can we text you monthly mm-hmm. to check in and just you can ask us questions as the Holy Spirit prompts. That's what mm-hmm. a guide couple is all about. Mm-hmm. Okay. So anyway, all I have to say is gospel-centered marriage, uh, that's a huge component of that. And being that it's a brand new resource that we're just finishing up, uh, we would love for you to jump on board. Right. Uh, it will launch in the ne- in early January. So mm-hmm. uh, there will be an early sign-up discount it's going to be worth it, people. It's going to be worth it. <laughs> Gospelcenteredmarriage.com. Uh, if you go there and there's nothing there, just check back a day or so after. <laughs> He's working hard I'm on working it, I'm working so hard. But I had a massive migraine today, and it took me out for four hours out of the day. Uh, Guys, it, we don't have four hours to spend. We've we got, don't. like, everything this week it's is, the devil. like, crazy. So, so anyways. Let's pray I'll, uh, because of that. Spiritual warfare. Cosmic forces of darkness okay. are at play. Go ahead. <laughs> Lord, we thank you for this time and thank you for your grace. Mm-hmm. I pray for the couples that uh, maybe this resonated with. I pray that first and foremost, they would feel your love and mm-hmm. feel your grace in this message, even if it is a hard truth, a hard pill to swallow. Um, God, it's your truth and it's life-giving. If only we can submit ourselves to it. So Lord, your word is authoritative above all else in our lives, not ourselves, not our opinions, not other voices, your voice. Mm. So I pray that you would uh, help us, Holy Spirit, to fully appreciate that reality uh, on every level. I pray that you would help the husband and the wife who feel particularly helpless at the moment, that mm-hmm. you would uh, give them hope in their helplessness, and their hope would not be in themselves but in you, and that eventually they would find the help they need through uh, through your community, through your word, through prayer, through uh, just starting these hard conversations with their spouse. They would find help that is rooted in the hope of the gospel. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this iPhone episode is... In the can. We'll see you again in about seven days. Until then, stay fierce. Thank you for listening to the Fierce Marriage Podcast. For more resources for your marriage, please visit FierceMarriage.com or you can find us with our handle at Fierce Marriage on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. We hope it's blessed you. Take care. Mm